Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the When the Cleats Come Off podcast. I'm so excited to share with you something that I've had up my sleeve for a long time. So before we even dive into what today's episode is, I am launching a new course. And this is a big deal because the last time I launched a new course was literally last year. And this one is all about hitting. Last year's course was the confidence course. This one is all about hitting how to understand feel, posture, and connection a little bit better in your swing. So I want to let you know that my listeners of this podcast are getting $20 off this entire course. As long as you use the code podcast at checkout, you will have access to this course called the Complete Hitter Roadmap. This course was built as four-week program that's going to hit on those three elements of the swing that I mentioned before, feel, posture, and connection. And it's diving deep into how to work on those things, how to understand what goes into the good or the bad swings, what being at the right place at the right time looks like and how to get there, and how connecting from the ground up is going to help elevate your swing and provide the most power. So crazy enough, you guys are going to have $20 off. This is the first promo code I've ever had for any of my courses. So please jump in on this. The course actually begins this Sunday, June 20th. That's when the course starts. So if you're listening to this a few days beforehand, you still have time for this to happen. And if you're listening to this and the deadline has already happened, good news is we'll be relaunching this four-week course this fall. But if you want to be a part of the inaugural team of the Complete Hitter Roadmap, go to the link in the show notes and tap on that link and use the code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at checkout to get your discount code, the first discount code I've ever given my listeners. But I'm so excited about this course. It's going to change lives of hitters and understanding their swings better. So go ahead, pause this episode, go sign up, and then come listen to this episode and come back. All right, this episode was actually put together about a week ago. I did a complete hitter mastermind for people who wanted to dig deep into feel, posture, and connection. So maybe you don't know if you want to take this new course coming out, but you want to understand what feel, posture, and connection is like. So like I said before, feel, understanding what's going on during the good swing. So what's going on? Are your legs fast? Are your arms loose? Where's your head? Where's all these things? That leads us into posture, being at the right place at the right time. So making sure your head's over your knee, hands over your barrel, all of these beautiful elements of the swing, and then connection, working from the ground up. In this episode, I'm going to be giving you three, actually maybe even four drills that I gave those mastermind listeners during the mastermind last week on how to nurture your swing, feed it, and learn how to cultivate it so you can become the very best version of you as a hitter. I'm also giving out workout ideas. So if you're at home and you're like, what the heck am I supposed to do to work on balance or posture, maybe get a little bit more out of my legs, this is your episode. And I'm so excited to have you guys here to listen to it. All right. I'm going to be quiet now so you can continue on to this mastermind that I did with some mastermind listeners last week called the Complete Hitter Mastermind. Enjoy. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. 
But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just gonna dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us. Learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. I want to remind you of one thing. And again, I'm speaking to the athlete, but I think it's really important for coaches and parents, like, let's keep reminding our athletes this. You are not like everyone else. The hitter that you are is not the next Jocelyn Allo. No, you are the next Mills Andrews. You are the next Kayla Leyland. That speaks volumes. You need to understand that, yes, these other big players, these big hitters can teach you how to become a better version of you. But the best version of you is going to come from finding your favorite thing that your favorite player does. Maybe another player does this really cool thing and, and molding yourself the way you want to be molded, not molding yourself based on somebody else who wants you to look this way or do these things. Okay. So I love that people are taking notes right now. As I say this, like, I love this group of four. I don't know who you are, but you like this, these four, like, I love that you guys are all here together. Yes. <laughs> that's you guys are awesome. And I got a wave. Hi guys. You guys are amazing. I can't wait to meet you at the end, but I love that you're taking notes because the best version of you, I want to tell you is already inside you. She's already there. Okay. And you need to understand that first of all, and realize that every day you're becoming the human being that you wish to become. Okay. So, or you can do that right now. You may have these habits or these things that are happening in your swing that you don't love, that you want to fix. So you can become the best version of you, but I want you to let, I want to let you know, maybe you write this down is every day you should be in pursuit of a better version of yourself every single day. Now we're going to have some days where we take a little step back. Okay. I don't want to say a step back, but it's like, well, I just got hit in the face, not literally, but like, well, I need to take a step back and figure out what it is that I want. That's crucial to becoming the best version of you. Okay. Like you're, you're not going to have this clear straight path to your dreams. It's going to be a little zigzaggy. 
okay? It's gonna maybe have some loop-de-loops every once in a while. But the whole point is that we are in pursuit of the best version of themselves. And this quote, you're not like everyone else and we're not here to fit a mold, has everything to do with the goals that you have for yourself. Your path to becoming a better version of you or to become a D1 athlete or to become a freshman who plays varsity her freshman year of high school or to hit your home run one day, it's not a clear path. There's no like, this is exactly what you need to do. I know you wish you were here to be told, this is exactly what you need to do to become a professional athlete. This is exactly what you need to do to play D1. No, 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 no. Everybody's story is different. And that's the, that's the awesome part. Mills wants to play college softball. I, I know this because I work with her every single week. She's one of my members of Smash Drive. She wants to play college softball. So me, as her coach, it is literally my job to remind Mills every single time that I see her, what are we working to get closer to? What are we going to do today to get us one step closer to our big time goal? That is my job as her coach. And my job is to give her the tools to help her get there. All right. So I know that today is going to be strictly on those feel posture connection. And I guarantee you, if you take those three elements very seriously in your game, you will be closer to the big time goal that you have for yourself. All right. So let's dive deep into this. Awesome. 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 My, my cursor is kind of funny. Okay. I want you guys to think of your swing and parents and coaches think of your athlete swing as like, it's a plant. It's this cute little baby seed. All right. This cute little seed that we're putting into the ground. Obviously you got to dig a hole to get there, put the seed in there, put, put the soil back on top. But if we leave it like that, does it grow? No, we don't. If we leave it right where it's at, it's not going to grow. Right? No, our, this seed that is our swing and it's us. If you are not constantly watering it, constantly making sure there's sun on it, just taking care of the ground itself, making sure it's not being dug up, just constantly cultivating it, nurturing it. You take care of it, what happens? That plant, that seed, your game, your swing, whatever it is, it starts to grow because you're constantly feeding it, okay? There is not, you might need to write this down. There's not one hitting session that's going to change your life as a hitter. There's not one day that's going to, like, there's not one big event or big thing that's going to make you to the hitter that you dream of. No, no, no. It's not that easy. Tiny progress is where we find results. It's the consistency of choosing what it is that you want to do. Okay. I want to be a D1 athlete. If you're only working out one time a week, you're only hitting one time a week. We are not getting that better that fast. We aren't. And, and if anything, if we're getting better, it's like this tiny little bit, just a little bit like that plant, it's growing a tiny little bit, but you compile days together and you will find that faster growth in your own game. Okay. Everybody wants the quick fix. Everybody wants the quick drill. I mean, this is the funny thing. I might stop doing drills every Friday because I'm almost running out of drills, but every single Friday I give you either a drill or a workout. This is on Instagram and Facebook. Now, if you do it one time, you will find results. But if you stop doing it after that one time, the results that you had literally go away. 
because you're not repeating those, that muscle memory that you created during that drill. For example, I love Brie in this photo, but for example, I give you, let's say the flamingo drill. Okay. A lot of you have done it with me. If you've worked with me before, the flamingo drill is basically you're on your back leg and your front leg is up in like a 90 degree. And then you land, put your foot on the ground and then you swing. So it's working on rhythm. Um, and it's working on making sure that your posture, once you get that front foot down, then you're turning. So that drill itself is so good on those elements of your swing. If the, if posture or rhythm is something, or even timing is something that you don't really have down right now, what do you think you should be working on at least three times a week? Probably from the flamingo drill, right? Because that flamingo drill is going to help you feel and have more rhythm. Okay. And if you don't have a whole lot of rhythm or everything's kind of out of whack, that flamingo drill can help you find it. And if you do it three times a week, first time you do flamingo, you might be really bad at it, but maybe in a couple of weeks, you're actually really good at flamingo. And then all of a sudden in the games, you're like hitting so much better and your timing is so much better, but it, it's not going to be one drill or one workout. That's going to change your life. It is simply finding the right workouts the right plan, that's where you'll find the biggest results. And the plan meaning more than one time a week type of a plan. And I know some of you are like, I don't have time. I don't have time to work out three times a week. I don't have time. We might not have time, but we always have time for our phone for at least 30 minutes a day. Right? I mean, I am guilty of it. I get stuck on TikTok for hours, friends. I get stuck. Anybody else? Anybody else get stuck on TikTok? And you're like, why won't this end? And then you're on there and you're like, oh my gosh, it's an hour and a half of my life and it's gone. Totally been there. This is me at least once a week. And then I wake up the next day like, why did I do that to myself? Okay. So if we have time for that, do we have time to put in like 10 minutes of work on our swing? Probably. But it takes the discipline to do that. So back to this little analogy, your, your swing is a plant. It's a little tiny seed. It's this cute little thing that just wants to be this, this huge tree, like Jocelyn, a low swing tree, but it takes time. It takes time and it takes consistent effort. And I'm telling you, right? So let's say you're tiny. And then all of a sudden you see a little blossom and you just have like the best weekend of your life. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm even bigger now. But if you stay right there and you stop nurturing your swing and you stop putting water into your swing, into your seed, you're going to stop growing and you're probably going to shrivel up and die. And I don't want to like sound sad, not you, you will not die. Your skills might, but basically when we get here, the goal is to just keep doing what you're doing. Okay. I had the weekend of my life. I worked out three times this week on this drill. Well, what should you do next week? The same thing, probably, right? We need to do the same thing. Because if we do the same thing, they'll probably grow again and probably grow again. That doesn't mean it's like that clear path. Again, you're going to like do the same thing. And all of a sudden you're going to be exposed with that change up. And then you're going to have another thing you should probably add to that week. Or just add to that three days a week. You just do a different drill. But it's the cons consistent watering consistent feeding of your swing, that's where you're going to find max results. All right. Your swing is delicate. 
Don't let anybody touch it. I got into it on social media not too long ago. And those parents here are like, I love you. You want what's best for your daughter. I know it. You're here because of it. But don't just throw your swing up on like this page of 100,000 people and say, hey, what's wrong with what's wrong with the swing? No, 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 no. You're going to get so many opinions and 95% of them are going to be invalid for this moment, right? And as a coach, it kind of bugs me because what if your daughter sees all these negative comments? These are all the things wrong with your swing. I saw this on Facebook. And I was like, her swing is, my first reaction was her swing is so good. Her swing is so good. But then what do I see in the comments? It's awful. It's bad. Work on this. You need to work on this. No, no, no. You need to know that your swing is really good where it is. I want everybody, every athlete in here, write down right now. I have a great swing. Whether you believe it or not, I need you to write down in your journal. I have a great swing. I have a great swing. Now, here's the crazy part. I know, I know for a fact you have a great swing. I think every single one of you is here because you want to make this swing even better, right? Raise a hand if you want to make your swing better. Make your swing better or just be more confident, right? Okay, awesome. You're here for the right reasons. But how many times do we remind ourselves that we actually have a really good foundation, a really good swing? We don't remind ourselves that often, do we? We're always like, what's the next best thing? What's the next thing I need to work on? What's the next? No, no, no. You need to remind yourself that you're actually a great hitter right now. And that constant addition or feeding to our, to our swing and our confidence and our mental game is what's going to make us explode. But you don't know when you're going to explode. You don't know when you're going to be the best hitter imaginable. I did not peak until I was probably as a hitter with confidence. Like I was probably 23 when I had my best swing or my best, my best mentality, I felt my best in the box. All right. And it takes time to feel your best, but you also need to realize and acknowledge where you have come. Who's better than they were in T-ball? Who's better than they were in T-ball? Thank goodness. <laughs> what, why are you better than you were in T-ball? Probably because you've been working on yourself and your swing, right? But we're not gonna learn, we're not gonna be Jocelyn Allo tomorrow. We're not. Okay. I'm not even close. All right. I've been retired for like five years. So definitely not even close. But it takes knowing how good you are now and being open to getting even better. Okay. You gotta know where you are now. So um, every athlete here, I would love for you to in your journal write down three things as a hitter that you're great at, that you're really good at. Maybe you're really good at staring at the pitcher and like making her scared of you. Maybe you're the clutch hitter on your team. And whenever there's somebody on base, like you almost always get it done. Maybe your on base percentage is so high. That's why you're high in the lineup and you know how to get on base. Maybe you're the best person to like see the ball. Maybe you walk a lot. But whatever it is, what are the top three things that you do as a hitter? What are the best things? What, are, what's, what makes you great? Parents that are here without athletes or coaches, this is a great practice to do for when, you're, for when a team is potentially or your daughter is potentially like, 
I suck at softball. <laughs> this is like the common question. It comes every, uh, all the time for me. It's like, oh my gosh, I stink at softball. No, no, no. You're actually really good. We just need to remind ourselves of it. Y'all are really good hitters. All right. So you guys wrote down three things. Can somebody, I know it's going to take some bravery here, but pop in. You don't have to raise your hand because I can't see everybody right now. Um, but does anybody want to share one of the things that they're great at as a hitter? I'm great at moving the base runners. Moving base runners. You're pretty clutch. You're good at moving base runners. Good, Kayla. Confidence. Your confidence. I agree. Your confidence is so great. So great. I know this because I work with you all the time. You have confidence. And it's funny because you're the youngest of all of your sisters, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And you have the most confidence. Uh, looks like, Kendall, we can learn from that, huh? Kendall and Ryan, yeah. we can learn from that. I said that I have a lot of, like, several pitch at-bats. Like, I battle a lot of pitches off. Good. Good. You battle a lot of pitches off. Anybody else want to share theirs? I'm great at getting on base, even though, like, sometimes the hit really isn't that great. I kind yeah, of just you find a way on. You're the person who can just, like, find the find your way on. You have intentions of putting balls places, and then maybe even, like, the worst swing, somehow you're, like, getting on, right? Like, the worst pitch, you're throwing your hands, oh, I got a hit out of it. That was me in college. That's so – I always love getting those hits because you're like, it wasn't supposed to work, and guess what happened? It worked. Love it. What about you, Anna? I know you were raising your hand. I said a good bunter and doing well with like staying in the strike zone with like swinging. Nice. Good bunter staying in the zone. So really long, fast barrel. That's awesome. Good. Oh, I have another person. I don't know your name, but the one raising your hand, go for it. A, a big hit. <laughs> Olivia, you're good at big hits. You get the big hits when your team needs them. So you're clutch. Yes. Yeah, like my teammates will be on the base like a lot and they usually say, get a big hit in the outfield and then I always do. And you're like, okay, great. I'm so glad you mentioned that because this is something we all could learn from. The reason why you're so good at that might be because you call your shot. Okay, what I mean by call your shot, I mean, you know, if you guys know Babe Ruth is, it's okay if you don't. Babe Ruth is like one of the best okay. baseball hitters like way in the early 90s, like mid-90s, I guess I should say. He used to, like, point where he's going to hit it. And he would literally, like, that's his plan. He's going to hit it right there. And then he goes up to bat, and then he he doesn't always, like, hit it right there. But he was one of the best hitters in, our, in the game of baseball because he called his shot. So please write down in your notebook, call your shot. Like, sometimes hitting... We, we make it so complicated. We go into the box with like 45 different things on our mind. We are thinking about the ball that just went our legs, went past our legs or under our legs in, on defense. We're thinking about the last strikeout we had, the last pop-up that we hit, or what am I going to eat for dinner? Like we, we literally sometimes bring all of these different thoughts with us to the box and nothing works. You can't even see the ball. That's when the ball looks so tiny. It looks like a little nut, like a little almond. Like that's how big the ball looks, right? But that's because our brain is cloudy. We have scrambled eggs going on up here. Sue Anquist likes to call talk them or call them scrambled eggs. Sue Anquist is on the podcast. She is the best. If you have not listened to her podcast episode yet, she's awesome. But we don't want scrambled eggs. We don't want scrambled thoughts. We want one clear plan and one clear thought. So I have a feeling that. Those of you who, but those of you that are the clutch hitters on your team, you probably 
thought about, this is where I want to put it, or that I just want to hit it hard. You take one strong thought, loud thought, great thought to the box and you do it or you execute it to the best of your ability. That's what leaving it all on the field is. So when we go up to the box, calling your shot, it means I have one plan in my mind and I'm going to execute no matter what. So super fast pitcher on the mound. Anybody ever face a fast pitcher? Probably. Instead of thinking, oh my gosh, she is so fast. I'm not going to hit this. Are you kidding me? This is what I said to myself against Monica Abbott, friends. Didn't work. I said that. I struck out in three pitches. She read through me like a window. Okay. But the next at bat, I had to create a clear plan. A clear plan. Okay. So clearly, I swung and missed. I looked awful in my first at bat against Monica. The next at bat, I was like, okay, that stunk. Let me make an adjustment. And that adjustment was, okay, I didn't touch her. I'm going to hit her now. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to hit the ball. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. So what am I doing? I'm calling my shot. I'm going to touch it. I'm going to touch it. Boom. Pop up to the third baseman. I'm out. Is that good or bad? Good or bad? Probably good, right? Pop-ups aren't that great, okay? Pop-ups aren't that great. But... I executed my plan. I touched Monica. I did exactly what I planned. I called my shot. Next at bat. Next at bat. I obviously didn't like the fact that it was a pop-up. We don't want pop-ups, right? Like we're not trying to hit pop-ups. But because I hit the pop-up, I was like, okay, here's the adjustment I can make. I'm going to get on top of the next pitch, the next strike. I'm going to get on top of it. I'm going to get on top. I'm going to get on top. I'm going to get on top. Next at bat, she throws me a rise ball. I take it. I took the rise ball. I didn't swing at it. I didn't swing at a rise ball. Everybody else does. I didn't swing at it because I was focused on getting on top and the ball was going up. So there was no way I was getting on top. So let that ball go by. Then I get this little curve ball in. So what I do is because I'm thinking about getting on top, I hit a really hard ball. It's like I'm going to hit a really hard ball, hard line drive or hard ground ball, sorry, to the second baseman. As hard as, like the hardest ground ball of my life. Because she's a fast pitcher and I was in the right place at the right time. I was out though. She got, she got the ball and threw me out. Is that a good or a bad at bat? Great at bat, right? I did my plan. I called my shot. So that's the importance of calling your shot. Call your shot. Take one thought to the box. Make hitting as simple as possible. Take one positive thought to the box. Maybe it's, I'm going to crush it right up the middle. I'm going to scare this pitcher. I'm going to hit it to right center. By the way, I didn't, I didn't finish my thought there with the fast pitcher, but if you're against a fast pitcher, you better be trying to pull the ball. You better be trying to pull the ball. The reason is because if you pull it, you're early, right? The faster pitchers were normally late, right? So if it's a fast pitcher and we're late on it, we're hitting it foul in the opposite direction, try to pull it. You're probably going to meet yourself in the middle and hit something there. Okay. This is how our mind thinks. Same thing with a slow pitcher or a changeup. We don't want to pull a changeup because then it'll go foul, right? This is keeping hitting simple. We don't want to pull it. Changeup, we want to punch it to opposite field. Why? Because we'll probably be early and then you'll hit it up the middle. 
Does anybody feel like hitting just got a little bit simpler? Because you're focusing on one thing, one adjustment, one, one thing that you can execute. So take one positive thought to the box, all right? All right, so one thing I wanna dive into before we even get to feel posture and connection is goals, okay? So those of you who have worked with me before, you already have your goals, you know it, but here's a good time to kind of rethink it. And maybe, maybe a new thought or a new idea will come to mind on how to get there faster. Write goals in your journal, obviously. And under that, I want you to think of one goal that kind of scares you a little because it's huge, but you're like, I think I can do this. I would love to do this one day. I would love to pitch for Team USA. I had an athlete yesterday tell me that. She wants to pitch for Team USA. That's a big goal, right? Some athletes, they want to make varsity as a freshman. Some athletes want to hit their first home run. Some athletes want to become the clutch hitter on their team. Some athletes want to be the most consistent hitter on your team. Whatever it is, it kind of scares you because you're not there yet. I want you to write that goal down. Okay? Now, this might need some time because some of you probably didn't have a goal before and now you're like, oh my gosh, this is like my first goal I've ever had. You might have to think about this first one, but I want you to think of what's one thing that you can do today to get closer to your big time goal. I know it's a little later in the night and you know one of those things might be attending this virtual hitting session to talk about mental game and to talk about these different aspects of the swing. But what's one thing that you could do today? And if you're literally like, I can't do anything today, which you probably could. But if you're like, what tomorrow, what's one thing I can do? What's one thing that you can do to get closer to it? So if you want to be a more clutch hitter, it's a little tougher one, add some pressure to your practice. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. All right, next thing I want you to do is what's, what's the kind of hitter you want to be? So maybe if you're not consistently hitting the ball hard, I want to be a hitter that hits the ball hard the majority of the time. If you're not the clutch hitter, I want to be the clutch hitter. Maybe that's what you want. Maybe you want to be a better bunter. Maybe you want to be hit the rise ball well. Whoa, that's hard. That's one that like you're going to be working for a long time to do that. But maybe you want to do that. But what type of hitter do you want to be? And maybe you already are a, like where you want to be and you're in a really good place. Well, what's one more thing that like you'd love to have as a hitter? that you're willing to work for. And then the last thing is, what am I not currently doing that I know I need to do or to become, to, to become the best version of me as a hitter? So what's one thing that you're like, yeah, I probably should hit one more day a week at least. Or I should probably practice with a little more pressure because practice is kind of easy right now. Or yeah, I should probably work on the inside pitch because I don't like it and I don't spend time on it. If there's a pitch that you're scared to work on or the changeup, you don't like to work on it and therefore you don't work on it, that's probably your big, big, big answer. That's the one thing that you should spend the most time on right now. Okay? That thing. So if you chose the inside pitch, I'm going to give you a drill to work on the inside pitch. It's called slow to go. Actually, any of you that wrote a location down and they're like, oh my gosh, the high, the high and out, that's the pitch. If you need to work on a specific location right now, you might want to write this down, even if it's not you right now, because you probably will be this person at some point in time. If you need to work on a location, 
do the slow to go drill. By the way, you can find all of these drills on my YouTube channel, Ashley Burkhart Training. Slow to go is basically going to get you set up and do a prime location with your hips and your hands to feel where you should be to have the most balance and contact. And then you're going to pull back and then you're going to recreate that motion that you took to get there. So let's slow to go. And if it's any location you need to work on, that's your drill. Okay. Now that we've talked about goals and where we want to be, I know it says dollar signs. Let me get there in a second. So there are th the three aspects of the swing that we talked about at the beginning, feel, posture, and connection. This is probably the most important part of the entire day when it comes to your swing. Feel. We all feel, we all know when it's not a great hit, right? We all know like, oh my gosh, that wasn't good. But do we know why it wasn't good? Do we ever think of what happened? Or are we waiting for mom or dad or our coach to tell us? Well, here's a tip. If you hit a pop-up, you probably hit the bottom of the ball. So the adjustment is you can probably focus on let's hit the top. That's feeling your swing. That's knowing that, oh my gosh, I got under it and I felt like my extension point was like super high. Okay, next at bat, I'm going to focus on extending more towards the pitcher's shins to be a little bit more flat through it, if that makes sense. This takes practice. A lot of times we look at the result and we say, that was embarrassing. Let's move on. Instead of, that was a pop-up. Obviously, it wasn't great. I'm going to readjust. I'm going to get on top of this next one. That is feeling and understanding what a bad swing is and executing a better one. Okay. Now, the same thing goes for our great swings. Okay. Who all has had a great hit in their life? Same. Probably had hundreds by now, friends, right? Yes. You all have had great swings in your life. The key is what went into the great swing. Nod your head if your arms were loose on that swing. They were loose. Good. Nod your head if your legs felt strong and powerful. Nod your head. Okay, great. What about your timing? Were you, were you perfectly on time on that ball? Yes. So basically, feel, posture, and connection were all together on that swing. We had loose arms. Our legs felt strong and powerful. Our core was probably pretty tight. I don't know if you felt that, but that's normally what happens when you're sending a ball in another direction. But these are all different things that go on in the best swings. Now it's understanding feel comes with recognizing that. Feel comes with recognizing what went into the good swing. Just like we talked about at the beginning, what went into that great, great weekend or that great at bat. This is what I did in my routine. I took a deep breath. I stepped in right foot, left foot. I was ready. Knowing exactly what, it, what went into that formula to create the best results. We don't spend enough time doing that. So I want you guys to take the next 60 seconds to write down when you're feeling it, when you're feeling great, what do you do before, during, and after feeling great in a sling or a weekend? All right. Take the next 60 seconds. List them off. What are all the things that go into that great swing? Maybe it's, I worked out three times this week on keeping my hands high or 
I did a little bit more with my lower half to make sure uh, that I felt strong and powerful and I was using the ground in my swing. What went into the great swing? Like we said before, your legs were probably super powerful and strong. Here's a tip on how to create more power in your lower half. I know that wasn't 60 seconds, but this is probably one thing that can help you. Well, not probably, but it will help you provide more power. So if you're looking for more power, doing some sort of jumping is going to help you gain power. So those who play volleyball, guess what? Your whole volleyball season, you're working on your power. It's awesome. Same thing with basketball. You're jumping to shoot and jumping to get rebounds. Jumping helps you learn how to explode, right? Normally we jump, we jump up, we explode up. But jump, that explosion, jumping up, is actually the same type of explosion that goes into our hips to help us go to the ball fast and turn hard. So if you add, let's say, 10 broad jumps or 10 squat jumps as your routine before every time that you hit and you go for as high as possible, one, in a month, you're going to be jumping higher than you've ever jumped in your life. Second, you're going to be hitting the ball harder than you ever have in your life because you've been working on your power and jumping. Okay, so that's one way that you can gain power in your legs to help you feel more strong in your lower half. Now, we talked about like loose arms, right? So super, super loose arms. We want to have those and be able to snap. Well, has anybody ever taken a Frisbee and slung it before? If you haven't, I'm going to tell you one way to work on loose arms. Learn how to snap a Frisbee. Now, the, the funny thing is, so I'm, I'm left-handed, so it's easy for me to throw. And I, sorry, I hit left-handed, I throw right-handed. It's easy for me to sling a Frisbee with my right arm. And that actually creates a very similar pattern to my swing. But when I try to throw that Frisbee with my left arm, that Frisbee like flops all over the place. It ain't pretty. But if I spend time on that Frisbee with my left arm and I learn how to snap it forward and I focus on elbow to the pitcher and I snap towards that pitcher, over time, I'm going to get better. Okay. So there's a way you can work on loose arms. Snap a Frisbee. And you're going to want to just do it with your dominant hand. But I'm going to challenge you right now and say, yes, you righties that don't throw left-handed, the left arm is going to be tough. What do you think I'm going to say about it? Who cares? Work on it. Because the more you work on it, the better you're going to be with your lead arm, making sure you're bent towards the pitcher with your elbow and you're snapping up the middle. There's something on my arm. Okay? So if you're not great at it, welcome to the party. You're not going to be great at the beginning. The more you work on it, the more you put on a couple reps, which like I said, you're just going to do a couple jumps before every time you hit. And all of a sudden you're going to be Hitting with more power over time because you consistently are feeding the swing. All right. And by the way, I put zero dollars next to it because it costs you zero dollars to do some jumps. Costs you zero dollars to do, um, you know, that frisbee drill. I mean, if you don't have a frisbee, I guarantee you there may be one dollar. <laughs> but it doesn't cost. It doesn't have to cost money to get good at feel. All right. Now, the second thing that we're going to dive into is posture, okay? So before this slide, I, I gave you guys that drill to work on making sure your head's over your back knee. Um, sorry, re reset. The drill to help you with location. 
So that location drill, that slow to go drill, well, posture is, is most likely what's actually dictating why we're not hitting the low and outside pitch. I literally in college guys, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I literally used to stick my butt out and just throw my hands at the outside pitch. I have done it in college. There's, there's a picture of me that a professional photographer at our game took. And I was like, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. So guess what I needed to devote my training to? Better posture on the outside pitch, right? So that I felt that, and I also saw that I need to get better at this. So I had to work on my posture. I had to work on being in the right place at the right time. That's what posture is. Okay. Now I will tell you, there's no cookie cutter way to hit a home run. Some, some people hit home runs differently than others, right? It's no one way to swing the bat, but in order to be able to hit the low and outside pitch better, I needed to make sure that I was balanced. And when I mean balanced, my head's over my back knee, my weight's in the center of my body, but my hip is turned towards the pitcher. And I'm kind of like leaning into my big toe of my back foot. Then at the ball, my hands are above the barrel. My head's over my back knee. I already said that. Your eyes are behind the ball. Please write down in your journal. Do you have the ball in front of you when you're hitting it? The ball needs to be in front of you so that your eyes can literally see where it's coming and where the ball is about to go. All right. If we hit it too far behind us, like I was doing with the outside pitch, I was literally just like throwing my hands and just sticking my butt out, hoping I would get there. The ball was behind me. Even on an outside pitch, the goal is to get the ball out in front of me, but deep enough so that once I get to it and my elbows are bent, I can snap through it and work towards that left center gap for me because I'm a lefty. Okay. The ball needs to always be in front of you. So I gave you one posture drill already. That was one, two, three. Okay. I want to give you for, oh wait, it wasn't one, two, three. The drill I gave you was slow to go. The other drill I want to give you is one, two, three. I'm going to be mean and tell you the only place you can find it is inside the membership, but I will tell you what it is right now because it is really a crucial, crucial drill to be able to learn. I'll probably post it on social soon so you can find it there. But one, two, three is basically one is your load. Okay. So basically you're loading back your, your knobs facing the catcher, your front heel is up. Okay. That's your load. And that's one. So if a coach is queuing or mom and dad is queuing, one is load. Your front heel is up Two, you're going to put your front heel into the ground and you're going to turn your hips. So you can't see my hips, but they're facing where the ball is. So it's good to do this off of a tee. So you know where to place your hips, but you're in that position where your hands are right where they started. So one is load two hands are right where they started, but now my hips are turned. And then three, you're completely finishing through the ball. It's really just whatever you got left in your hips and then your hands. So it's really working on those loose arms but it's going through the steps of the drill of the swing. It's lower half. You're driving those hips in the ground. You're splitting the floor, creating ground force. Your core should be very tight on two. So it's one load Two, core is tight, but my hands are back and I'm turning my hips. And then three, 
It's like my rubber band's being pulled back. Three is you're unleashing the rubber band. All right. So that's a going to work on posture to make sure on two, you're balanced. Your hands are still back after your hips have gone. And then three, it's just let it fly. Let it fly. Because that's actually the order of your swing that you did when you hit your best hit that we talked about before. And it's the one that we want to keep creating. All right. So posture is huge. And those are two drills that'll help you with your posture. Now, last but not least, connection. Connection. It's connecting your lower half and your upper half. So I, I said the fluidity of working from the ground up to produce the power. So think about this. The ground has tons of like energy in it. And it's our job to turn ourselves, to use the ground with our feet, and then turn from the ground up. So now I've turned my hips. Now my hands can go. It's working from the ground up. We don't want to go at the same time. Because if our hips and our hands go at the same time, we literally are a helicopter now. And we're just spinning over the ground. Instead of using it to create force like Jocelyn Ello does. I know I've said her name 45 million times today. But to turn hard and then let your, your hands fly. I will say, on her home run that she hit last night, they put it in slow-mo and I saw it. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. At contact, her arms were just bent enough to where she finished, she punched through and rolled over all with like in one motion. So it was like, she's to the ball. Now she's extended and she's like straight to her rollover. But as long as she got through it and was behind it enough, the flick of the wrist, kind of like with the frisbee we talked about, it happened at the perfect time and that ball went over the fence. I don't know if you watched it, the other at-bat she had last night, but there was literally like a high and outside pitch and she just like poked her hands and she had a line drive in the right field. She was in the right place at the right time. And it didn't require that much leg because she was able to snap through it well, but she found great connection because she worked from the ground up. She worked in order. I want to give you tips now on where you can start working from home and create the perfect practice for you. This was also in my podcast episode. So if you've listened to that, it's going to sound a little bit redundant, but who knows? You might find something else in this that you didn't hear there that you find here. So basically at home, you want to do a few things, four things actually. The first thing is you should always have a good warm up. Okay. A warm up that's going to get you sweating. Okay. That's actually very important. You need to be able to sweat before you start hitting at 100%. Because if you start hitting at 100% before your body is warm, that's where injuries happen. And I'm pretty sure nobody wants to get injured here. So this is very crucial. You need to be able to sweat. And one way that I would get into a sweat is I would do this nine zone T warm up. So basically, um, I guess I can show you right here. This is almost like a, a hitting zone. You guys see that? So there's like nine boxes right there. If I'm the hitter and I'm on this side, these are, this is a high end inside. This is the middle end. This is a low end. And then these are middle pitches. And then these are outside pitches. So I would go through five balls in each of those nine hitting zones. Every time that I used to hit. Because, and the reason why I spent 45 swings warming up, just starting at about 50% and then working my way up was because 
one, I started at 50% to warm up. But the second reason was I did this so I could create muscle memory. And remember how we said we got to just like incrementally just do a little bit at a time in order to see results. Well, the reason why I was able to get to all those different nine zones well was because I practiced them every single time that I hit. Now, I know it's probably overwhelming. You're like, 45 swings, it's going to take me like 15 minutes. If you don't have that time, do three instead of five. But don't start hitting without going through all these locations. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there were some days I only did the nine zone team warm up. And that's all I did because I knew I was working on something that was going to help me in the future. Okay. So you guys can do that. That's the first thing that I would say when you're at home, do some sort of, some sort of thing like the nine zone T warm up. And if you want more detail on how to do it, go to my latest podcast episode. It'll go through like this, all of this into like full, full detail. But the second thing is find your signature drill. So find the drill. Like each of you probably has like one drill that you get pumped to do every single time because you just love it. Like it makes you feel good. You feel connected. My drill was extension drill. I love doing that drill. And then later in my career, I started doing like the knee down drill, which again, all of these are on my YouTube channel, but the knee down drill really helped me get into my lower half well. And I loved it. I loved how much power I had when I did that. So spend like five, 10, 20 reps on it. That's what you can do next. So signature drill, whatever drill you love to do, fires you up, spend some time on it. Okay. Because if it helps you find connection, it's great to find connection before you're about to take your, do the hardest part of your practice, which next number three is do the drill that exposes you. Do the drill that ain't easy. Okay. Who's freaked out by potentially having to throw a Frisbee with their left hand? Who's kind of nervous about that? I would be, I would be nervous. And if I'm the nervous one and I'm, I'm, out, I'm about to hit, guess what I'm going to probably need to do during this part? Probably the Frisbee with my left hand because it freaks me out. Okay. But the only way you're going to make adjustments in your swing, the only way, only way is by doing the hard thing. It's going to be uncomfortable. But they say without discomfort, you don't grow. So what are we trying to grow? Our beautiful swing and our beautiful plant, whatever it is that you want to be a tree or a palm tree. I don't want to be a palm tree. I want to live in Florida. Okay, whatever tree you're trying to grow, takes discomfort to get there. Okay, find the drill that's going to expose you. I would say stay here until you get at least a little bit better at it. Okay, might take 20 swings, might take 30, might take the whole day. <laughs> that's a lot, just kidding. Maybe like, uh, no, 10 minutes on it. And you do that every single time that you hit. You do just a little bit of a time, like trying to get good at this drill. This is what I used to do with my dad. We used to see, I used to see a hitting coach. She'd give me a drill to work on because I wasn't good at this thing. I would go home with dad. I would work to perfect it that week. And then I would come to my next lesson and I'd learn something new. And it was literally that process, but it was always being thrown into discomfort over and over and over. And then I played at Purdue. Okay. So I'm telling you, it takes a lot of the hard to find who you're supposed to be and what kind of hitter you're supposed to be. Now, the last thing is a challenge. Okay. Do something that's going to challenge you. Maybe you have to hit three line drives in a row off a of dad, or maybe you have to hit this like screen in front of you and try to like hit a line drive into it. I don't know. Whatever the challenge is, it can't be easy. It's got to freak you out a little bit because here's the deal in games. 
we do things that are scary. We are in the box by ourselves. That is scary. Okay? That is scary. Do something uncomfortable. All right. Now, the very last thing, and I need you to journal this. Every single time that you hit, this might seem like a lot, but I'm telling you, my hitters in my session, they all have this notebook. And I flip and love it because at the end of every single time that we hit, we write down three things that we did well that day. That is crucial. Writing down three things that you did well that, that day and starting with the good. Start with the good. Write down three things that you do well that day. Every single time that you hit, you're going to have a compilation if you go through one of these books, which I'm not... DM me if you want a code on how to get these. But you write down three things that you did every single day. You look at it a year from now. That's a lot of stuff that you've done great in the past. To talk about a confidence booster right there. This is the work that I put in on myself. Next thing is, what do you need to improve? So I always try to say like one or two things. I always like to stick with one if you hit with me every week. So I don't want you to write 45 things. But like one area that you need to improve. Maybe it's a drill. Maybe it's not being so mean to yourself. Because as hitters, we're, we're so mean to ourselves. You know, we're like, you can't do this. What are you doing here? Why did you swing at that? Oh, it's terrible. These are all things that come into our minds. Maybe you need to be nicer to yourself. Maybe you need to think positive. Maybe you need to get better at like getting more power out of your lower half. Like, you know, that's something that you need to get better at. Whatever it is. And that thing that you need to improve, guess what you can do your next practice? That exact thing that you wrote down. You can start planning your practices so that you can do the thing that's hard, the thing that you're not great at, but that you can be great at. That's how we grow, friends. That's how we grow in these beautiful palm trees. We just consistently are striving for a way to grow. And that's your perfect practice. And I'm so pumped. And there's so there's some coaches here. There's some players here. I want to let you guys know that because you're here on this mastermind, on this hitting mastermind, you guys are going to get one. You're going to get a lot of things. Okay. But the first thing is because you're on this mastermind, if you join, I'm, I'm literally putting together a course called the complete hitter. And it's like taking all of these things and literally giving you, here's your plan for the day on how to work on your feel. And it's like a whole week of just feel. That's a four week course. So it's literally going to be like, here's a whole week working on feel. And then we're going to get together. We're going to do a, a live kind of like this. Talk about how was that week? Boom. Second week, we're going to work on connection or sorry, posture. Posture is the next week. And we're going to work on things. We're going to work on specific drills. I gave you some of the drills that we'll be doing in this course, but I'm going to give you the literal workout. Like, here's your plan for the day. Go execute these plans for this week and go watch you crush it this weekend when you're playing against the hardest team that you just keep losing to, that you want to stop losing to, and you want to do well again. Watch yourself perform. So here's the thing. We're going to go three weeks of courses. And then the lack of drills and workouts. And then the last week we're going to do like a virtual one-on-one -on -one where literally we go over your swing and we look at where you were at the beginning and we work, look at where you are now, confidence and all, 
because we're going to become more confident throughout these four weeks. And then we're going to look at you at the very end and be like, wow, look at this tree that we just grew. Look at this plant we just created. Because you have a plan, an exact plan, the exact drill that you need. Not that somebody else needs to help you be the best version of you. So I know a lot of you are here without your parents, but please tell your parents about this because if you're looking for like an actual plan or a roadmap to become a better version of you in a shorter amount of time, and you're looking to make results happen faster, this is your course. Starts on June 20th. I'm very excited about it. It's called the Complete Hitter. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And thanks for hanging out with me tonight. mind blown, right? I literally designed this entire mastermind to go over the things that I wish I would have known as a young athlete a little bit sooner. And thankfully I had my dad who helped guide me and create these different hitting workouts and create environments for me to learn from elite coaches and drills that I needed to know. But man, I'm so grateful that my dad would take me from lesson to lesson and come home with all of the tools and the tricks that I was taught to go perfect. So I can work on that from home and then go back and learn more. So if you want to learn more on how to become a complete hitter, I would love for you to join the Complete Hitter Roadmap. And that is going to be one of the first courses that I've done that's actually a full immersed four-week course. Well, I will be there answering questions. I'll be there guiding you through this entire course. You're gonna be given daily PDFs on how to work on your swing or work on your mental game so that you can actually play your best this season and your best games can come out when they matter most, which is probably closer to this fall. So what a perfect time to work on your swing. Remember, my listeners are getting $20 off. So you are getting $20 off this course. I'm not asking anybody else to have $20 off this course, but you get it by using the code podcast at checkout. So tap on that link in the show notes to register and I'll see you on the inside. (laughs) And with that, stay humble, stay hungry, and keep smiling. See you later.